and welcome to another edition of the Football Freestyle. I'm Emery Hunter-Zar of the Playbook. You can follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating. And don't forget to check out and also subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan. That's what you get, where you where you can get all of our football uh, NFL draft stuff that we got coming down the pike. And we got a lot of stuff coming down the pike, our draft grades and prospect rankings, then our mock drafts and all that good stuff like that. But this is the Football Freestyle. So if you haven't listened to a Football Freestyle podcast before, it can go many different ways. You know, it's all going to be related to football. We got some takes about something else. Um, and as always, we like to cap it off with some spoken word or freestyle because my co-host on the Football Freestyle is none other than IW of DoYouMusic.com. You can follow him on Twitter at DoYouMusic. That's D-U-E-U Music. And also check out the website DoYouMusic.com for his latest album, set, uh, Season 2. And also his first album, About Time. So what's up, Idup? Nothing much, man. Chiller, ready to get into this football freestyle again, man. It's been a while, man. I forgot what you sound like or look hey, like. Hey, no, listen, man. Hey, listen. And this is for everybody that's been looking for me. I ain't dead. I got two little kids. These, these babies kicking my ass, eh? Well, first of all, nobody was checking fact. for you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody no, was checking Hey, listen, listen. I'll be on full, <laughs> full-time daddy duty, man. So, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I ain't never imagined there'd be days I fall asleep at 9 o'clock. So it is what it is, right? Well, listen, man, we all got duties. You know, you you got daddy duty. I'm out here blowing up, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yo, but since you all daddy duty, that means you probably had time to go to the movie theater. Uh, you know that Black Panther? You 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 uh, going to Wakanda? Or no. I, hey, man, no, I, I hadn't seen the Black Panther. I, I heard about the people dressing up, getting in character. Uh, you know, I, the last thing I saw he was uh, Jumanji. With the rock and Kevin Hart, <laughs> oh, you, oh, they ain't got nothing to do with Black Panther. But it was you. I, you brought up people dressing up, man. It, here's here's my take on it. And I, if you want to dress up to the movie theater, that's fine. That's perfect. You know, you see people do it for Star Wars and all the other kind of movies like that. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. I just have an issue with people making Black Panther out to be an autobiography about the real black panthers it's a comic movie right oh not a, it taking it out of control man you see everybody like one dude dressed up like king joffy from coming <laughs> to america had the whole lion on his chest and i'm like yo there's a movie it's a movie it's a comic movie right you know like people didn't people didn't show up and show out for for uh roots like that right <laughs> hey that all i know that that black panther doing numbers so, yeah, it is. It is. I, and I'm, I'm BSing, but I might go. I might go check it out tonight. You know, what right? I'm saying? Brush my hair backwards. You know, Next going there with know. no shirt on. See, you with a King Joffe costume on, <laughs> right? Exactly, with some shoulder pads and, and stuff like that, man. But anyway, man, I thought you probably saw. You know, you doing a dad that I thought you probably saw the Black no, Panther. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it, man. You seen Pink Panther, though, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, plenty of time. <laughs> All right, just make the show, man. Just make the show. Well, we have some news, some NFL news, actually. We got franchise tag time. The first one out the out the gate was Jarvis Landry. And Miami, I think, was smart to franchise him and try to work on a long-term deal or whatever. But I find it interesting that the the national I don't I don't know if it's media or blogosphere, they're kind of down on Jarvis Landry. They think he trash. Like why do people feel feel as though Jarvis Landry trash? 
Hey, listen, the, the biggest thing that's, that's going on with the Landry situation is just based on they look at his yards per catch. But the thing is, is the offense that he's in, that's just what they get him to do. He's a down-the-field threat because he has amazing ball skills. And even when he's covered, he's not covered. So if they look down the field and if that was part of the offense for him to have vertical routes, he has no problem running vertical routes. It's just that they choose to get it to him in short yardage, you know, slot routes, curls, ins and outs, and stuff like that. But if he was to be utilized in the downfield game, like my biggest thing, I'm mad that they franchise him because – I was hoping the situation went awry so he can go to the Saints. I want him to be a free agent. I'm looking for him to get to my team because we need another receiver. But it's just the fact that, you know, people down on him because of the the yards per catch. And you, the numbers speak for itself as far as the volume of catches, but the yards per catch, the lack of touchdowns, you know, but nobody wants to talk about the quarterback play in Miami. So Man, I'm glad you brought to that because that's, that's the only position on the field that's really codependent on someone else, someone getting you the ball. And – if you have a quarterback that's allergic to going downfield or think throwing downfield is racist, then you're not right. going to have those deep shots down the field like everybody else. That's why people probably think Kenny Steele's a deep threat, but the best deep threat on the team is Jarvis Landry. Landry exactly. It's crazy. And what's, what's even crazy is, you know, they're smart about it because they can't let him go. I mean, I mean, I talked about this dude long ago when I looked at his high school tape. This dude literally has the best hands I've ever seen. Like, people think Odell Beckham have great hands. Odell makes great great catches. But consistently, consistency, overall, Jarvis Landry has the most reliable hands I've ever seen. This dude made phenomenal catches, even when covered or whatever. He's used, you know, like I say, it's the volume catches, the short routes, and the yards per catch gives people kind of a negative opinion of him. But if he was to ever be utilized as a down-the-field threat, he'd succeed. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think he is one of the premier receivers, and people act act as if you're only supposed to be one thing as a wide receiver. Everybody's supposed to be Randy Moss. Well, if it, if that was the case, they'd have more right. Randy Moss. You got to appreciate a guy like Chris Carter, and that's what a Jarvis Landry essentially could be, you know, right. in the right offense. Because again, being a deep threat has nothing to do with how fast you are. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, if you got if you got the ability to catch the ball, you're a deep threat. You know? <laughs> exactly. Period. So keep sitting. Uh, Terrence Williams deep down the field if you want to, and get and, and get mad, right? You know, so Jarvis Landry, I think, is a good sign. I think my, hope, hopefully Miami finds a way to keep him, and also now you have him and, and Devontae Parker on the other side, and Jakeem Grant gets more looks and touches because he's another phen- phenomenal receiver. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, the free agency market is supposed to be blown up. I heard you know, I've been reading the oh. tweets, right. <laughs> and, um, so you know, when you read the tweets and you see the news and 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 the, you pick up the papers on the way to get the coffee and stuff like that, all you see is Kirk Cousins. Oh man! Recently, <laughs> as of yesterday, it was said that the Jets willing to open up the the bank and break the, the bank, break the bank, and he could get sixty sixty million dollars for Kirk Cousins. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Kirk Cousins has made. So much money in the NFL for doing basically nothing. Kirk you know, Cousins got his degree. He, oh yeah, and, and, and he gonna be a, he he set his family up for generations, <laughs> like with all the money he done made fleecing and finessing the Washington Redskins. Um, but in all seriousness, with Kirk Cousins gets free agency, uh, everybody, now he is a decent quarterback, seven nine eight and eight nine seven that type of quarterback. But when you when you talk about people looking at him as a franchise quarterback, if he was that guy, 
Washington wouldn't have let him get out the building. If he was that guy, Washington would already have some playoff victory. <laughs> if, if he was that guy, they wouldn't be eight and eight every year. I, like, I mean, it's, it's sad. Here, here's what, let me just tell you this, you know, me being in daddy mode, I do have a lot of time inside. I got the TV on a bit. I'm watching ESPN and it, it blew my mind the other day to see Lewis Riddick refuse to call Kirk Cousins sad, bro. Wow. I, I mean, he went all about, you know, and Stephen A got on to him and called it what it was, but it's crazy. Like Kirk Cousins is below average. Like he not average because average is eight and eight. That's true. Like, and if you finish in that, you below average. Like this dude, like in every big situation folds. So, you know, of course, when the pocket nice and he protected, he going to look like any quarterback. But the fact that, you know, I, I ain't hating on his business skills. You know, we on documented saying he's smart for playing Phenomenal. it the way he do. You Phenomenal. know, franchise, <laughs> franchise me every year. I take $30 million guaranteed every year. Same thing for Jarvis Landry. $16 million guaranteed for one year. I take it a- every year. Finesse. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though. It, but it, what Cousins is – is. I, and I, you know, I cover the Giants, right? Yeah. Um, I was at the last game of the season when they played Washington, and the Giants at that point were bad. Like the Redskins just had to make five plays, and they would have blew the Giants out, right? But in that game, Kirk Cousins threw three of the worst interceptions I've seen. Three, and Giants win the game. And now, you know, fast forward to the all season, people are like, oh yeah, well if if you get Kirk Cousins, now you now you hate now you set at quarterback, like. Wait a minute, this same dude that that just threw three intercepts to a bad Giants team and has thrown bad interceptions throughout the course of his time in Washington, even in that playoff game against the Packers. But he a leader. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hey, ooh, we that 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 whole thing, right? And you yeah, like that? Yeah. That that's a, that that's uh, that and, grip. Uh, how you like that? I think that would that's what that, that's what it was. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't get why. Why does the NFL have an affinity for average quarterbacks? I don't know. I really don't. Average quarterback. That's, I mean, you know, you can make it be an average in the NFL at the quarterback position. Or if you have the looks. I mean, he got steel blue eyes. Right. Um, he got that, that that chin that people look for. And, yeah. I mean, that he looked got, like he, he, he got that face of the franchise. <laughs> right, that face. Because when you drive past Giant Stadium or the Superdome, you see a big Eli Manning face outside because, you know, that's the <laughs> franchise. got to put that face out there. Speaking of face, um, I think just by him looking like John Stamos, that's all it took for Garoppolo to get paid. Oh, hey, Jimmy G, listen. We, you know, finesse. Yeah, finesse. No, listen, it is what it is. He a good-looking dude. He a good-looking dude. But I, I told you this, and I mean it, bro. Like, this is the greatest robbery since Scott Mitchell. Oh my goodness! I, I mean, I really mean it. Like the dude, you know, they mentioned his stats. I mean, his record eats seven and zero undefeated or whatever. But man, but, but time the number... time before I let you continue that, you do realize now they want to use win loss records. But I thought they told us that wins are not a quarterback stat, though. Right, it's a team stat. Oh, all right. But go ahead. No, no, it's just no. It's crazy to see that this dude got off of that much money with this little bit of a resume, you know. And they're they're guys with you know far greater resumes who still have to be in tune. Like Russell Wilson had to win two Super Bowls to justify. I mean, damn near win two Super Bowls to justify getting the raise. 
and this dude gets six wins, seven wins, and now he's the richest quarterback in the history of the game. Like it, it's just mind blowing to see that happen. And one of those wins was with what six field goals? Right. <laughs> hey, I mean the numbers. You know the numbers speak for themselves. You look at the numbers in the wins. It's just like, I mean, seven touchdowns and five picks. Exactly. That's 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 outstanding. Oh, but see, they got to get the help and weapons around them. See, that's what yeah. it is. Because, you know, you know, he got the leadership and the grit and the moxie. Yeah. And the face. And the face of that franchise. They put that outside Levi Stadium in San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> you know see, how many jerseys they sell? Boy, t- boy, them jerseys flying off the rack, boy. People yeah. can't even spell Garoppolo. Yeah, they, 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 they really they mean that. that. <laughs> that's the difference, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, you know, and here's the thing, not hate, no, I think he's a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's not good. Right. But good ain't 100 million. Like, but, he's a good quarterback. Right, and it, that's the thing, like, he he better than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, hey, I'll take Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins 24-7, 366. Because <laughs> I've seen Jimmy G get his team to a championship game, honestly. Right. You know, at Eastern Illinois. Right, you know, with with uh Dino Babers coaching them. Shout out right. to Dino Babers in that offense. Ain't working out there in Syracuse, but shout out to Dino Babers. Right. Um, but you know, to pay him that much money to basic, I, I when you, I guess, because this is the NFL's issue when they think they have a good quote. And we've seen you brought up Scott Mitchell. And that was a perfect example because we saw that with Rob Johnson. We saw right. it with Scott Mitchell. You know, we saw it to an extent in in New Orleans when we were coming up when. Jake DeLome and, and uh, Aaron Brooks, people wanted Jake DeLome over right. Aaron Brooks based off, you know, the all shucks, Caden, right. country boy, bouillon, boudin, eating. You know, they, right. they love that, right? But right. sometimes. Off of Jake DeLome in ULL. Shout out. You know, one of the best, one of the best to ever do it in Cajun history. One of the best, <laughs> you know. So when you talk about a guy like Garoppolo, I mean, it will see because the offense, when you look, I guess the offense looked better, but I thought they looked better with, you know, CJ Beathard over Brian Hoyer. They wasn't, they just wasn't. Matter of fact, I think they were scoring more points on the Beathard. Wait, I just want to ask you this. How, what was, what was Kaepernick touchdown intercepts? Oh, those numbers don't matter because he couldn't read defenses. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 I think I it was like wrong. fit. I think it was like 10 touchdowns, two intercepts, some, some, okay ridiculous number like that that didn't make sense because it was you know it was gimmick you know just i just was thinking i just that that kind of popped in my head thinking about who the last feasible quarterback was didn't he went to the super bowl yeah i think he did oh could have went to two but right that's crazy we'll see how san francisco does with their new shiny new face of the franchise but moving on to next week right by the time Mm -hmm. the fans hit this next week will be uh, we're talking about the the scouting combine. Mm-hmm. Now, <sighs> we where know it all the, matters. Where it, <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what I'm trying to get at because we know how this is. It's funny how football talk goes. It goes, oh, you put all the stock in the tape. Trust the tape. When you put on the tape, mm-hmm. all that you hear all year round, right? Mm-hmm. Then that nice little stretch in late February. You get some, you know, you get guys out there training and working out, running fast and, you know, no pressure out there balling in, in T-shirts and shorts. 
And next thing you know, guys skyrocket up the, up the charts, up the draft boards. But this is the interesting part about the combine. There is some importance, you know, obviously. It's the part that we don't see. It's the right. interviews and the medicals. Right. Everything else is just kind of you got to have these guys do something while they're there. Uh, so why not have them work out, you know, right. but, <laughs> but really they play important. a little pitch and catch. Exactly. You know, but but the sad part is they've made this and you used to see a lot of people attend. Right. Mm-hmm. It used to be uh, we never heard of um, when we were growing up when back when NFL films was was dope. Right. And they let they they gave us a sneak peek in, inside with Jerome Bettis and Rick Meyer. That whole, I think that was a '92 class, a '93 class, and they showed us what was going on. You never really heard like, oh, so and so not going to throw at the combine. He going to wait to his pro day. Oh, he right. not going to do the three cone drill. He going to wait to his uh, private workout to do that for the teams. And the re- and people get upset because guys are not working out fully. But you made it this way because you've put so much emphasis on this workout. What are your thoughts about the combine as a whole? Hey, listen, I, I, it all goes back to this. Not only is I, I feel the same way as far as the interviews, but the workouts are pretty much irrelevant because it's not real football. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks skyrocket. I mean, uh, have their draft stock go up from the combine and literally watching you throw with no pressure is n- no way transferable to what happens in a real game. So watching these quarterbacks throw, you know, when they're playing pitch and catch with no line, no rush, no threat of being hit, and to have their stock rise when you have tape of what they do in real games, you know, it's just it's nonsense. And that just, that's not just from the quarterback position. It's from any position. Like, you're out there with no pads on and no helmets. You're not tackling each other. You're literally playing pitch and catch, you know, and doing drills. So – to have people, I mean, we saw Ronnie Brown go as the number two pick. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown. I mean, you know, much love Ronnie Brown, but number two pick. Number two pick. And, and remember, this is this is when um, I want to say, and again, mock drafts are are not something that you key on, but sometimes they do tell a, a story. This was. Ronnie Brown, I want to say pre-combine, you saw him going in the second round, top of the set, like, you know, 34 yeah. to 40th, right? Yeah. After the combine, top 10. Top All 10. because he ran a fast 40. So, when I he mean, wasn't better than Cadillac Williams as a right? running back. At all. I mean, it. It. I don't know. So it, it's just crazy, man, that this is a something that happens every year. People get overvalued, and some people get undervalued because of the combine. I mean, literally, some – I, I can tell you this. I had a player I coached who had the worst feet in the world. Like, you watch him do a drill, you want to cut him. <laughs> but when that ball snap, you bet not run his way because he's going to kill you. Like, that's how he plays. So you cannot judge a football player based on drills. Like, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, that's so, you know, even the, the footwork drills and all that sometimes are irrelevant. Like some some people, if you got great footwork and you scared to take on a line, a, a pulling guard, then your footwork don't matter. Right. Like you know, if you don't have no heart, <laughs> your footwork not gonna help you. <laughs> like like you like none of that gonna work if you scared. So you know, <laughs> like that that's why the combine is just so you know ridiculous. Like you say, the one thing you can't get is interviews. You want to get to talk to these people, see what kind of people they are. 
you know, you want to test them medically, make sure they don't have any underlying injuries. You want to get, you know, obviously we joke about this every year. You want to get their true height and weight because everybody be shorter and smaller than what they are on their college programs. That boy, Kevin Falk, 6'5". People be 6'5", measure at 6'2". Remember uh, who the... Roy Williams, the yeah, well, based on college football back in the day, I thought Roy Williams was six seven. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, measured at six two, six two. It, but that's oh. that's how it is, though. You and I love the combine too for for the forty yard dash because it kills all these um, mythical high school four twos that these little dudes be saying right. they be running. <laughs> like you, like there's literally only maybe. Five people in a given uh, generation that can run a legit four two, literally. But yeah. everybody nowadays coming out of high school. Oh yeah, I'm six one, one ninety five cornerback four one eight. Nike, <laughs> <laughs> Sparks, right? <laughs> Official. Oh man, but it, it's it's true though, man. Like, but I mean. We knew that back in back in high school when uh, just looking at how, you know, we took seriously certain drills mm-hmm. and, you know, we probably didn't give the best effort in drills. Right. Um, <laughs> or the best effort in the weight room. <laughs> but, you know, and we probably didn't have the best nutrition either. But right. Um, <laughs> but one thing we did have, we had the heart. Right. That's all you need. But <laughs> listen, diet. <laughs> Yeah, listen, listen. But God, I just want to say, even just sticking on what we've been talking about today, the combine. Like, look at what happened with Jarvis Landry, right? Mm-hmm. Dude run a four seven, and all of a sudden, that leads them to believe that that's going to affect what they saw on tape. Like, if he ran a four seven, that's the fastest he run. I mean, that's what he's been running his whole life, and and his whole life he's been getting open and catching the ball. So him so, running that four seven just <laughs> made. That Arkansas catch, that one hand Arkansas catch, non-existent. Right? The uh, hey man, 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 it's, dude, crazy. It, it's just crazy. I, I saw smiling every time I think about him because the dude really is so fearless, bro. Like that's what you want in the receiver. This dude, like it, it's sad that they just make him run ins and outs and curls, but on a deep ball or on you know down the seam routes, this dude go get that ball, man. Well, that's what you want. You want somebody to. I mean. Football is not that doggone hard, man. You want someone to, to do football stuff. Right. But, but the, the problem is, like, I hope Lamar Jackson go out there and run a five. Right. Oh, he, hey, please, Lamar. Lamar better moonwalk in this fall. Because if he run anything under a four five, you know it's you know they're gonna the talk's gonna gonna, gonna heighten up. Like, oh, oh see with that speed at receiver. <laughs> When you could put the ball in his hands, right? Yeah. Outside of the, we'll get to Lamar Jackson in a minute, but I just we we, you know, sticking to high school, man. Like it's just how we knew all this stuff, right? And we also knew how how people were. Remember the um the pig people, the story, yeah. the pig people story. Tell tell it to the world. <laughs> well, here's first of all, we was I'm so glad we didn't have social media back then uh, because. <laughs> We probably would have gotten expelled long before uh, senior year, but so we had a we had a collection of dumb dumb shit we did, right? But 
the pig people was this was a story that this goes to show you people only people really just want to believe what they want to believe they don't care the outlet or nothing so we're in the cafeteria and cutting class but you you sit in the cafeteria you cut, you cut class and you don't go you don't go nowhere else but in the cafeteria and you sit we sit at that long you know the whole cafeteria table right wait talking to the security guard <laughs> right we're in between class like no we supposed to be in class talking to the security guard like no worrying about those are the days right the 90s those are the days boy you had no care in the world you do that now you liable to get locked up right you know so we sitting there in the cafeteria just talking chit chat just shooting the breeze playing spades something that we wasn't supposed to be doing right. um and i was like man you know uh this was it was a little bit after halloween i was like man you know it's crazy you know right uptown the school we went to mcmain high school in new orleans louisiana it's like man right uptown they got these pig people you know like just tongue-in-cheek and, and people at the table like pig people like man you stupid you lying i'm like no for real they got little short people with like pig hands and you know they live uptown in a little small little house. So naturally, now one period passed and we still cut class. So now you got other people that cut class that's sitting at the same table. Um, they're like, man, so you you saying they got real pig people. And so now I go from a group of four to like a group of 10. And so we still talking, chit-chatting. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm to the point where I was lying at first. But now you you didn't got so you you in too deep now that you got to defend the lie. <laughs> So it's like, no, they really do got pay people. I saw them, you know, they got the little house next to, you know, they, 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 you know, I forgot the, I, I made up some medical term, um, for uh short people that look like pigs, right? And so, like, this is what they they look like, and this, and this is again, this is why the nineties was great, because this was before Google. Like, if they had Google or or uh, uh smartphones, right. lie would have been over. As soon as I said pig people, lie would have been over, but. So now you got like 15 people done, done grew. And so now it's the real lunch period. And we like, well, well, shit, we've been sitting down here for, you know, three periods already. I bet y'all won't go knock on their house. I'll I show you where the house at. So, so you got 15 some people pile up in like four different cars. Right. And now we drive, drive the people to the, to the, uh, to the spot where the, where the pig people house was. Right. <laughs> Clearly, you notice, first of all, your conversation should tell you there's no fucking thing as big people. <laughs> and <laughs> that's number one. But number two, we get up to the place. You could clearly, your conversation should tell you again, that's a damn shed. Right. Like, that's not someone's house. The people that whose house it was for you know, made the shed look like a house. And it was like a little small, something that you only keep maybe like a a, a shovel you know, stuff lawnmower. that lawnmower stuff at like three feet of height, right? And so now we all pull up four cars. Pull up I'm, again. This is the beauty about the nineties because you pull up four deep with like fifteen cats in the car in four cars. They, the SWAT team coming out. You know what I'm saying? But this is the middle of the day. It's the nineties. <laughs> Nobody give a shit. So right. we pull up four cars deep and. I'm like, now go knock on the door. And so now nobody won't move because, oh man, it's a small house. They may actually be pig people in there. <laughs> so Big Telly, Telly, who is now, uh, um, uh, I almost say congressman, but he he's in government in Louisiana. So 
you know, you look at him now, you see like, Dan, that's a distinguished gentleman, well-regarded um, Louisiana politician, congressman. Well-educated guy. Well-educated well guy. But back then, until he was 6'3", 250 basketball player, and was like, dog, I'm not going to knock on it. So he was a big dude. You're like, I'm not going to knock on that dog. Gonna do it. You know what? So he like, all right, I'm going to go do it. So not a whole you know, fleet of cars that's out there just like watching. All right. So he go, he go walk up on people's grass, knock on the door to take off and run, get back in the car, just in case the pig people may come out and do whatever pig people are supposed to do. So naturally, nothing happened because there ain't no goddamn thing. It's, it's pig people. No such thing as pig people. So I said all that to say this, though that people believe what they want to believe uh, and they believe what, you, what they're told. If you tell it to them convinc convincingly, like you don't take a running back high in the draft and time after time, draft class after draft class, you hear this, you can't take a running back high. Oh, take a running back. You can, you can get, uh, why take Barry Sanders? Well, you can get Robert Del Pino in round seven. He just as good. You give him like 15, you put him in a tandem, you know, you don't take a running back that high, but then they do these redrafts after the season, and all you see in the first round, running backs. Why? Because right. all the running backs was good. Well, I mean, if they knew he was good, they would have taken him. In. Like, no, the draft is only seven rounds, right? right. And you only got one pick in the rounds. Um, so you got to really address what we need most first. But, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's about taking the best player. And just speaking from that running back position, if there's someone that you could just turn the ball, turn and hand the ball to that get touchdowns, that to me is what goes high in the draft. Hey, listen, I, this year, not only did the running back position get validated, but Leonard Fournette did the unthinkable. You know, I'm LSU down. I right. felt sorry for him going to Jacksonville, just knowing that they was going to have Bortles. But the fact that Leonard Fournette even proved this still, that a running back changes everything. Like, literally made Jacksonville a playoff team. Now, the defense was great, but let's not pretend like they're not playing in one of the worst offensive divisions with right. that decent defense. They got a good defense, but those numbers to me are a little bit inflated when you look at who they play against. But overall, it, you know, the running back, like we say, if you could turn and hand the ball to somebody who could get a touchdown on any play. And, I mean, we've said this. This is why the most teams win that. All you need is, I mean, now this is porous, but it's just a fact that if you get three and a half yards of carry, they, you, you're not going to be stopped. You Like, literally, that's a first down every three carries. So if you have a running back that is a game breaker that could get you 67, like, you you cannot pass on that dude. Like, it's, it's just crazy. So, you know, it's all, you know, going into the whole Barkley situation. Like, he is, he's a dude you cannot pass on. Like, if the Browns, I mean, I, I you know, I know we're gonna get into their draft no, let's, picks. Let's, that's, like, I mean, but it, that's that. That's why we're talking about is that if the Browns pass on Barkley, they're gonna regret that for the next 12, 13 years. I mean, it's, you know, assuming the man stay healthy, but this dude has, is a generational talent at the running back position. Like you, you. I mean, if I'm the if I'm the Giants, I'm praying the Browns are stupid, right? So that they take him. If I'm the Giants, I'm praying the Browns lay up there and take some quarterback when they should. So, well, you know, it, it's just crazy, man. If you, you know, from Zeke to to Leonard to any great running back, like you said, if, if we did the draft over Kareem Hunter going to top 15. Yep. If, if they did the draft over Le'Veon Bell going to top five, 
You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just you a great running back changes your team. Like is you know, it's hard to be sad when you got somebody you could just hand the ball to. The Vikings made the playoffs with Ponda at quarterback. Because they had Peters. I mean, imagine that. Like it's just crazy, man. Adrian Peterson literally made Minnesota a threat to deal with every game. You know, I mean, they literally win the playoffs consistently because of Peters. And we grew up Saints fans, right? And right. so we knew the Saints, uh, the Dome Patrol defense was outstanding, you know. But the Saints' fortunes didn't start to turn for the better until they drafted Ricky, then they right. drafted Deuce, then they drafted Reggie, then they drafted, they drafted Ingram. Ingram. You know right. what I'm saying? First-round running backs. Uh, and again, you get – and we we talked about this before. Uh, another guy that – he I think he went ninth overall – and C.J. Spiller, but didn't get utilized properly until the one year in Buffalo where they gave him the football. He averaged like seven yards of carry or something silly like that. Right. You know, ran no, for over 1,000 yards. So if you got a, a game breaker, take him. And people, this is, I always want to attack tandems. Like, oh, well, you know, you got the one-two punch now. You, I mean, you, got, yeah. man, you get the one-two punch, right? You know, you get a one-two guy. Like, you know, right. you get a guy, they come in another guy. You know, so you got right. two guys. But they, they kill me with the tandem, like, Here's a tan- here's what a tandem mean to us. Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen in the same backfield. Right? That's a tandem. Right? Deuce and Reggie. That's a tandem. a tandem. Deuce and Ricky. Tandem. It's a tandem. Ingram and Kamara is a tandem. Is a tandem. But right? goddamn Bilal Powell and Elijah McQuire, that's two running backs. <laughs> right? Chris but- Ivory and, and Pierre Thomas, that's just two backs. <laughs> no, listen. Here's the thing. Here's what, like, you, I guess the point of the argument is this. If if your second back is is not as cold in your, as your first back or is not as dangerous, then he should only be on the field when your first back is dead tired. Like, that's it. He shouldn't just be coming on the field because he got to get his touches. Like, you don't deserve no touches. You're not as good as this dude, man. Like, you should only be on the field after that dude and got 13 carries and he need a break for two. <laughs> not because I got to work you in because I ain't trying to wet out the other one. But like, that's what <laughs> we talked about. We're going to talk about the Browns in a second. But look at how they misuse Duke Johnson. Right? Like, why are you taking him off the field? Right? Oh man, it's like back in the day. I'm serious, M. It it used to blow my mind to watch what's his name. I can't even think of his name. He said, you know, I hate calling people terrible, but it is what it is. Uh, to watch Mark Ingram come off the field and Travaris Cadet come on the field, bro. But you know, uh, one outlet uh, said Travaris Cadet was the most elusive back in the league. <laughs> this is why. See, in the '90s, we didn't have that. Exactly. Like, in what world is Travaris Cadet coming onto the field for Mark Ingram? <laughs> in what world? Yeah. Say, bro, imagine the Raiders taking Bo Jackson out to put Steve Smith in the game. Exactly. Come on, bro. No, it's crazy. It's so you know, it's it's just stupid, man. It's done. We saw it with with the Giants with Tiki Barber and Ryan Dane. Like, right. Why are you giving Ryan Dane carries and you got Tiki Barber? Why are you giving Mike Allstock carries? You got work done. You just you know I was about to go there. Like no, Mike Allstock should have had about six carries a game on, on like, the goal line. On the goal line, and Warwick done literally. I mean, it's crazy. They used to be handing the ball to Mike Allstock like it was all good. 
Like, no, like, you know, like he didn't slow down the offense. offense. Like as if he could do what Warwick Duncan do. I, but that, I hate it, though. And and so you're right. If you're the Browns, if you're the Giants, hell, if you're the Colts, Frank Gore is not going to be brought back. So right. that leaves just Marlon Mack in the backfield. Barkley could legitimately go to any one of those teams. Right. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna game the draft. And we talk about the Browns because they got the first and fourth overall picks. So they got two top five picks. And some people will say, well, you could wait to four to get Barkley. Theoretically, probably. However, why take chances? Because let's say you want to take a defensive player. Because again, first of all, it be, be to set up this whole argument or this debate, this position. They don't need a quarterback. Kaiser is not trash. Kaiser had a bad uh, up and down rookie season. Um, and when you look at Matt Stafford's rookie season, when you look at Peyton Manning's rookie season, uh, you can, I, at, can I jump in and say that Drew Bledsoe completed like 48% of his passes his rookie year? But he had the face of the franchise. Like that was Drew Bledsoe. I mean, yeah. they changed the, they changed the logo to make his face on the side of the helmet. <laughs> like, remember, you used to have Ben Franklin, the three point stand, right. but not, then then he drafted him, and they put his face on. So it, it, Kai's just wasn't a face, right? <laughs> but you're right though. Drew Bledsoe threw like forty eight percent, and then but you're gonna you know people gonna be in the mentions like, oh well, you know, that was a different time when the NFL was you know, I mean, the defense, you know, what I'm saying like it was a different time though. But Buddy Ryan, but right, exactly right. <laughs> right, but that, but you, but you're absolutely right. So it, it, there's a difference between having bad numbers and and being a, a you know a talented player, as opposed to having bad numbers and being trash. Yeah, you could have good numbers and be trash. Right. Matter of fact, last last year, Jared Goff had bad numbers. You know, and so you put a a, a better offense around him. They went out in free agency. They brought in Robert Woods. Sammy Watkins, the uh, girl, he got healthy. They drafted right. two tight ends, dude from South Alabama, and um, that was a rookie, Gerald Everett. They also mm-hmm. had um, the dude that was already on the roster uh, from Western Kentucky. That he, he was a tight end. They still had Tavon Austin. Um, right. So it's not like Sean McVay got, oh, wow, crazy schemes. No, right. they went got good damn players. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there was little for golf to mess up. Right, like, he so, couldn't make a bad decision. I'm exactly, it yeah. I'm dumping it to Gurley. I'm throwing it to Woods. I'm throwing it to Watt. Like there's no bad option. I may even hand it off to Tavon Austin. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like so, no option was bad in that offense. Right, but Kaiser out there with you know a weekly new second or third receiver. They got Gordon late. The tight end. This the part that that made me upset is because I was at Browns camp for one day. Mm-hmm. And that's when they had like four, four or five quarter, four quarterbacks on the roster, and they brought me on this radio show, uh, Bull and Fox. It was the ESPN show they have out there, mm-hmm. um, and I told them they was like, "What are your takeaways from camp or from practice?" I was like, "Well, number one, Kaiser's going to be your starter," mm-hmm. um, and it was like, "Wow!" I mean, it was. I was like, "Well, you look how he managed a two minute drill and versus pressure, he was mm-hmm. throwing strikes and was the only one that was able to get the ball down the field and move it uh, within the blitz." And you know, Greg Williams. There's no zones in Greg blitz. Williams' defense. It's 99% blitz. Right. And the other 1% is timeout. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, like he was the only one that was able to handle pressure. So that's going to be the starter. That's what you want. And he's going to beat out Osweiler, Kessler, and Hogan. They were shocked. I said, also, the tight end position is going to be better than the receiving core uh, 
the season. It was like, what? Well, I mean, we got Kenny Britt. I'm like, Kenny Britt. Right. Like, say that slowly. Kenny Britt. <laughs> that don't even sound like, like, you, you, certain names sound, you say Scotty Pippen. Oh, he must be nice. I don't even know how Scotty Pippen look. But Scotty right. Pippen sound like somebody that's going to put points on the board. That right? can do anything. Bo Jackson. You know what I'm saying? You say Kenny Britt, you like, man. <laughs> so, I mean, but I said tight ends going to be better than receivers. And I said also the defense going to be at least top 10 or top 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense last the previous year was 32nd. It was like, how you – I was like, that's, dog, that was just from one day at practice. Mm-hmm. And so I knew Kaiser wasn't trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you saw what he – now you sit – the Browns are sitting in a situation where – um. Let's go through it. Uh, the first game, if Britt doesn't drop that pass against Pittsburgh, they beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. If against the Lions, they had a lead, Kaiser gets knocked out, misses two series, the Lions go up because of those two series, and they come back and win the game. So had he not gotten knocked out against the Lions, they win. He threw an intercept on a goal line against the Jets, and they benched him at halftime, and they were only down by three. That's All a winnable right. game. The Packers game, the one where everybody said, oh, what Kaiser threw in the set? What the hell was he doing? You zoom out to all 22 view. He was going for the doggone touchdown. Dude was streaking wide open and got right. hit as he threw the ball. But, you know, that nuance don't, you know, certain quarterbacks don't get that nuance of, like, explaining what actually happened. Um, right. And then you fast forward to the end of the season. We saw the ball, like, hit, knock out a tooth of uh, <laughs> Corey, Corey Coleman. Coleman. So, right. I mean, that's the Browns were a few plays away from being 5-11 or 6-10. So right. Kaiser is not bad. Hell, Troy Aikman went one and fifteen his rookie year. The uh, Peyton Manning, what three and thirteen? Three and twenty-eight picks. Yeah, no thirty, damn near thirty. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying thirty. You might be right, twenty-eight. But, but that's know. what I'm saying. But you knew Peyton Manning wasn't trash. Exactly. And you knew Drew Bledsoe wasn't trash. All right. You know, but let's say you know a guy like uh, Jimmy Clausen, who they also try to let's say, well, you know, Clausen was a second round pick and he didn't do well, and they drafted Cam Newton, like. We knew Clawson was trash because yeah. Clawson never won big at Notre Dame. No. Kaiser won big at Notre Dame. All right. And so we knew Kaiser had talent. So if you're with the Browns, you got the offensive line. First of all, I would trade the hell out Joe Thomas. But you got you got the first and fourth overall pick, right? You got a team that's, that's going to get healthy. Your offensive line is going to get better. Um, and on defense, you have uh, Jamie Collins coming back healthy. You have Kirksey coming back healthy. You get uh, Agba back healthy. Um, the cornerback, Howard Wilson, whom you drafted last year out of Houston, coming back healthy. So now you're sitting there with two of the top five picks in the draft. You need a running back, and you need a receiver, and you could probably use another corner or safety. So you could finesse this into coming away with Barkley and Fitzpatrick or Barkley and Chubb, you know. Or or Barkley and a bunch of more picks because other people are going to be desperate to get into them hyped-up quarterbacks that they got in this draft. Bingo. So imagine you got that fourth pick and a team like Buffalo want to give you both of their first to move up to four to take a quarterback and you done finesse them to now you got 20th and the 20th and 21st pick. So and the first next year. And, the, and first. the first next year. And now you sitting there with two receivers, a, you know, a receiver, a corner, like, so, but it starts by taking, if you were the Browns, what would you do in this situation? Hey, if I'm the Browns, you got to take Barkley number one, period. Like, that's the thing. You, If if they don't take him number one, that's going to mess up the whole draft. If they, for, like you say, first of all, in defense of Kyle, if they take a quarterback, none of these dudes coming out better than him. 
And the only dude that is better than him is Jackson. Well, we know that so, he don't want Jackson. So, you know, he, he don't have the face of the franchise. <laughs> Talent. So, you know, like, it's just so, if you know, if I'm picking one and four, I'm taking Barkley. And with that fourth pick, if I don't see what I like there, even though they got some top prospects, I mean, just think about what the Bears came up to do last year. People get desperate in these, in these days, man. Ooh, Especially uh, with all these face of the franchises they got in this draft. Like, you know they got about a lot of <laughs> But they got a lot of fakes of the franchises in this. Draft. You got you got you got Rosen, you got Donald, you got Mayfield, you got, you got Allen. Rudolph, you got Allen, boy, Allen, Allen that that jawline, boy. Yeah. Listen, you got five Look, right there. So meanwhile, the dude that scored ninety touchdowns, they talking about he needs to switch the receiver. because that's how you get the ball in his hands, despite oh. the fact that the quarterbacks touch the ball every play. So uh-huh. that was my thing, though. Just to answer the question, they got to take Barkley first because he they don't understand, like, by default, he going to instantly make their offense way better. Just the threat of him running the ball, period. Like, I'm going to say this again. The 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 Vikings drafted Troy Williams. <laughs> say, bro, off of one slant. Off of one slant to go with Adrian Peterson, and it never really mattered, bro. Adrian <laughs> Peterson still the real deal, bro. Shout out to Joe Webb. Like, like you know, and I and and that may be off the years, but I'm just thinking like you don't remember no receivers while Adrian Peterson was there, and the point is it didn't matter because they your your passing game gonna be open because the threat of your run is too dangerous. Oh. So by default you are gonna have good passing situations. So okay. you know that's why they have to take Barkley first with the fourth pick. You know Fitzpatrick, they you know they could get a great corner. Or I'm just saying, you know, at the end of the day, somebody gonna get desperate and come up. If See, they bro. sitting there with that fourth pick, yeah, and, and you know they didn't already coined them Broadway Baker. <laughs> <laughs> See, bro, I didn't think of it like that, though. You're right. Because now you have a situation where you get now you got and so let's say they take Barkley, right? So right. now you sitting there with the Giants, the Colts, and the Browns again. We know the Colts are not going to take a quarterback. So right. You got the Giants and whoever may trade up with the Colts, right? So right. you got two picks. You got the Browns and Colts. Um, Giants is the one that may take a quarterback, may or may not. But let's say they they are in the running for a quarterback. Right. So with all them faces of the franchises you name, <laughs> do you know how valuable that pick going to be? <laughs> Boy, you if you saw that fourth overall pick for the Browns just became Park, uh, park Place and Boardwalk. It really did, <laughs> Really but did. I didn't so, think of it like that. With, uh, like, I didn't realize there was that many faces of the franchises in this draft. Because, <laughs> you know, they said last year's class was trash. Right. Because it is. You might as well wait 2018 because they ain't right. got no faces of the franchise in this one, despite dude leading the league in touchdowns that ain't played since week six, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> Watson. But they said about that velocity on the throat because, you yeah. know, the, the radar gun. You know what I'm he saying? Look like, like a leader enough. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, because you, I mean, listen. When you don't saw the suits he wore to the high, a red suit, and then he had the you know the forty-five mile an hour on a radar gun, yeah. despite them seventy-eight touchdowns he threw. But yeah. that radar gun, yeah, man, the, that's what mattered. That radar gun, and despite the, the, I mean, you know, Mahomes could throw the ball legit from state to state, <laughs> right? But, you know, what I'm saying you know, but that offense gimmick, you know, what I mean, he didn't take no snap under center. So I mean, you know, you might as well wait in 2018. So now yeah. we're in 2018, and you're right. You got all these faces of the franchises. Yeah, so that, that's the thing. That pick is just so valuable. Like they could turn that into Lord knows what, bro. Like so, okay. that's the thing. 
sit there and 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 you know take a guy if you like a guy enough fo but with all them quarterbacks and all as desperate as these teams are these days i mean when you think about what the bears did last year to move to up one their, spot yeah to move up one spot like i can only imagine what some of these teams gonna try to do man dog, I mean, you know it's gonna be crazy if they if they take barkley number one then that dog that fourth pick becomes las vegas Right, it does. No, it really does. It, M, you couldn't have said it better. It really is Boardwalk and Park Place with all the houses and hotels on it. Oh, with two hotels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hotels on it. And you and you sitting outside and, and somebody landed with the shoe. Not the right. shoe, the, uh, the car. They landed with the, the you know, said the car on Park. Ooh, ooh. And, and you the banker. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you got the get out of jail community chess card too. Right, no, I didn't think of it like that's so true. So now you could probably finesse that into a first this year and a first next year, oh, and, a and a player. Yeah, I mean, literally, they could get moved down in the first, get an extra first, get another second, another first. Like, they could, I mean, it's just crazy what they could do with that pick. Oh, all them faces of the franchises. But you, it's funny you bring that up. So, Browns fans, listen. We hear you, the ones that are out there saying you don't need a quarterback, give Kaiser another chance to develop because you saw some of the talents in his game. Like, you're on the right track. So don't give up on that dude just yet. If he was trash, trust me, we wouldn't be defending him. We wouldn't be advocating right. for Kyle. We we are not shy about calling somebody. A spade a spade. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, the guy that's the franchise quarterback in this one is Lamar Jackson. But what's right. fascinating is that when you when you look at Jackson, man, and you talk about a dude that has as much as NFL Network and as much as ESPN love to run top 10 specials or 30 for 30 specials or football life specials of Michael Vick's greatest runs, his greatest right. events, greatest passes, the Madden special. Right. As much as the media loves Michael Vick, and here you have a chance to get the new Michael Vick that's a better passer. All of a sudden, he trash. He needs right. to be a receiver. Hey, no, here, here's the thing. Here's what killed me the other day is that Bill Polian tried to justify his opinion of him switching to receiver because he said he's thin, as if this dude not ox strong, as if you don't see this dude, like, breaking, you know, every tackle. And first of all, you can't get to him. Second of all, you've never really seen him take a big hit. He more elusive than anybody. So it's just crazy that you wouldn't want that player with the ball in their hands every play. Like he has proven over the past two years that he's the most dangerous person in the history of football with a ball in his hand. So it's just crazy that they would try to downplay that. And, you know, to go back, and I really mean this, it's sad and you hate the stereotypes, but it is just a, a sheer truth that if Donald had his ability Dono would already be drafted right now, today. Like if <laughs> if any one of them dudes had Jackson's ability, I mean they they they, they couldn't hold a draft quick enough to get him drafted. But for they some reason, they the need jersey. this dude to switch to quarterback. I mean, switch to receiver. Like it's just crazy, as if he can't throw a football. And, and I've told you this: the thing that really makes me mad about it is that when you watch him throw, the dude got a legit arm and a quick release. Like the ball come out good. Like he, like, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, it is, it's, it's a sad thing to see. And I just can't wait till he get drafted because it's going to be the same thing like we said with Russell. Wherever he go, he going to start because he going to get the camp. 
and they're going to have preseason, and he's going to be doing things that they ain't never seen before, and they're going to realize that they can't not play him. Like, it is what it is. So, I, you know. It's frustrating when you look at Lamar Jackson, and you saw, as a, I want to say it was the Music City Bowl, legit take off and run every play, right? Right. Last year, you saw him progress more as, you know, as a quarterback and win the damn Heisman. Right. And this year you see him do better than he did last year. And now all of a sudden he's supposed to, he should have won it again. I know. No, exactly. His numbers were ridiculous. He had better numbers this year than he did his Heisman year. And and it was crazy. I don't think any receiver or offensive lineman from Louisville has gotten drafted since Lamar Jackson has been the QB. So maybe Cole Hickletini, the tight end, but right. so there's no you NFL talent, so to speak, <laughs> right around so to him. Speak. And people, oh, well, he ain't gonna be able to do that in the NFL. He can't do that in the NFL. Like as if Bradley Chubb isn't an NFL top five pick. As if Florida State's defense littered right. ain't littered with top five picks, and he made him look silly. As if Clemson's defensive line don't right. have Buku top, top five. All, <laughs> right. So what are people talking about? And and it's funny because they talk about the athleticism and the escapability of Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, but Jackson's the only one that's a negative. Like why? And if you ask any defensive player or defensive coach, which one who they would they least like to face? A hundred percent would say Lamar Jackson. No, listen, I I really mean this. You take Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Donald, Baker Mayfield every day. And give me Lamar Jackson. I promise you, I'm gonna beat you nine times out of ten. And I promise you, the people on your defense gonna be more scared of him than my defense scared of your quarterback. Think about that. And when you have a guy like we remember Michael Vick in college. That's why I, see this is this is what makes real good football analysis is not you know your your takes from here on forward, but mm-hmm. the library that you have. To right. draw from it because you a lot of stuff is not new. We've seen stuff like this. We've seen the Randall Cunningham's. We've seen the Dante Cole Peppers. Um, you know, hell, I played against Josh McCown at Sam Houston State and they beat us. So I knew right. about his athleticism way back then. And so right. now you, you we've seen a, a lot of stuff. Um, so we're just so yeah, we may joke around, but we've seen a lot of football to draw from to make comparisons. So we're not surprised by stuff that we hadn't seen before. So right. when you when we remember Vic coming out. The reason Vic was all potential because he was, you know, option quarterback, option quarterback, essentially through what, maybe 80 passes, uh, completed 80 passes that season. But he ran a four two and had a rocket on him was a lefty. So you had no real passing thing to gauge. You just like, man, this dude run a four two and he's a quarterback. You got to take him. You know what I'm saying? Because who got who going to stop a quarterback that run a four two? And right, no. <laughs> that was a thought process by many teams, and that's why the Falcons traded with the, the Chargers. Right. No, it, it, I was about to say this is just that with Jackson is that he is literally, you know, we watched a lot of football. He is the most dangerous dude on the field with a football in his hand. So it's just crazy that he can also really throw the ball. So – in his situation, you're going to have a border capable passer who, if the play breaks down, is liable to be an 80 yard touchdown. 
Like, that's what you have. Like, who doesn't want that at the quarterback position? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. Like, a dude who can throw the ball, who can avoid pressure, who can stand in pocket and throw. But if everything is covered and he just so happens to run, there is nobody on the field that is fit to tackle him one-on-one. Bruh, imagine in imagine being a coach on the sideline in that uh um bowl game, uh, the Gator Bowl, not Gator Bowl, tax I, I used I still call it the Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Bowl, right? Right. It's third and 17. And Mississippi State got perfect coverage. I'm talking about pristine, flawless, nobody <laughs> open, locked up city, Alcatraz, all across the board. And this dude straight jacket. Off, straight jacket. You know what I'm saying? Napster, straight dog. Seventy-five yards later, they inside the three. Right. So if you're a defensive coach, you look around. You, what can you say? You gonna scream it? Well, he wouldn't have ran there if you if you didn't get back. <laughs> like there's nothing you could do. Like you had the perfect defense. Let me just say this. E, I really mean this. I'm taking a running back in the top three if they could get me 1,500 rushing. That's true. When your quarterback gets you 1,500 <laughs> rushing, along with 3,000 passing and damn near 30 touchdowns, who is better than him? Like, yeah, I don't that, like, that guard from Notre Dame because he because <laughs> he got because because he a guard. Like no, I'm gonna just say that again. If there's a running back that can average damn near eight yards a carry, get me fifteen hundred, I'm taking them in the top five. I mean, let alone the fact that he can throw the ball <laughs> for three thousand something yards and complete damn near sixty percent with a great intercept touchdown to intercept ratio. Let's like, let me just say that fifteen hundred rushing <laughs> in eleven to twelve games. Well. You know he can't do that in the league because the league athleticism. But here's here's what people don't understand about that, right? You reach your physical peak at what 26, 25, 26. So he'll enter the league at 21 years old. There's gonna be dudes in the league that's 30. You think these dudes on defense that's like 29, 28, 30 want to chase around a 20-year-old Lamar Jackson? No. Running four three, probably. Right. So it don't it don't make sense. And people say, oh, he's going to get hurt. There's no – find me the footage. Right. Everybody since everybody loved the tape, right, since it's watched the tape. Find me the footage of him getting hurt in college. Now, I can pull up the footage of Josh Rosen getting hurt, of right. Josh Allen getting hurt, of right. Sam Darnold getting hurt, right. of Baker Mayfield getting knocked out. I can show the footage. Man, I'm just I, – I, I just can't get – I just can't get with these, these narratives. But moving on – and by the way, man, just before we get out of here, got to plug this. Project by our little partner, Teron Davenport, soaring with the Eagles. Uh, the Carson Wentz story in his first two seasons, Carson Wentz, impressive leadership, strong arm, and winning personality have made him the most popular Eagle since a young Donovan McNabb. Carson Wentz soaring with the Eagles is the ultimate tribute to the quickly ascending quarterback taking Philly by storm, including dozens of full color graph color graph full color photographs <laughs> fans are provided a glimpse into Wentz's superb play early in his career as he leads the franchise back to contention for an ever elusive super bowl triumph this keepsake also explores Wentz's charitable endeavors off the field and looks ahead to where he
he could one day stack up amongst legendary Eagles names like Jurgensen, Jaworski, Cunningham, and McNabb. Teron Davenport, our homeboy, our partner. Right. But he also covers Philadelphia Eagles as a lead editor and reporter for the USA Today SMGs, the Eagles Wire, and also is a member of the Pro Football Writers of America. He also appears as an analyst on television for NBC Sports Philly. So, guys, go check out this book, Carson Wentzor with the Eagles. You can find it on Amazon. It's funny because, you know, the Eagles are Super Bowl champs, dude. Like, we, we've lived through a lifetime where the Saints has won a Super Bowl. Right. The Eagles won a Super Bowl. I mean, we, we saw uh, who, who we thought never was going to get to the Super Bowl that won one recently. Uh, Seattle won a Super Bowl. The Seahawks, yeah. But Carson Wentz, man, interesting story that they came out with this book early in the season or midseason, and it was it looked to be genius because it was it was going according to plan. They were like the best team in the NFC, um, and then he gets hurt against the Rams. Uh, Funny, we talking about quarterback injuries, and Carson Wentz has gotten hurt uh, in college. Uh, he missed right. eight games his senior season. He got hurt in the preseason his rookie year with the ribs and got hurt this year on what I thought. It didn't even look like it was a – I thought it was just like maybe like a bone bruise or something. Yeah. But <laughs> towards ACL off of regular going diving in for a touchdown. But Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But Carson Wentz was in the conversation for uh, MVP, and they play, he played better. He stopped turning the ball over uh, this season, but – what was your take on Carson Wentz's season and his whole Eagles situation, how it even played out? Well, I'm going to just say this. You know, Teron wrote a great book. The problem yeah. is Nick Foles ruined the story because, you know, we've always said this. We talked about this in the preseason predictions that Philadelphia's defense is outstanding, and we've predicted that they won a lot based on their defense. And, you know, Carson Wentz was having the quote-unquote MVP season by most analysts, you know, perceptions. But at the end of the day, when you dig into the numbers, the the numbers say that it was the defense the whole time. The defense and special teams in Philly carried that team for him, won the Super Bowl for him. Carson Wentz, yeah, he was 11-2, and two, but in six of the victories, six of them, that mean more than half, he was under 56% passing. And in some of those games, didn't even have 200 yards passing, and that's the victories. So, you know, is, you know, and Nick Foles came in in his first game, played pretty decent, but even he had a victory versus the Raiders where his numbers were terrible and they still won the game. So, you know, throughout the whole season, the defense, I mean, that, that front seven, man, you know, and we talk about this. We're big Saints fans. We live from the days when we had Leroy Glover, Norman Hand, you know, Charles Grant, Darren Howard. And Kevin Mathis on the corner with, with right. Fred Weary and Darren Perry, you know, and had the most sacks in almost NFL history at that point, I think. Shout out to Sammy Knight. Right. And Sammy Knight in the secondary. <laughs> like, that was our only player in the secondary. So, you know, if you have a great front seven, man, you can hide a lot of flaws on the team. At Philadelphia, obviously, have a championship front seven. But as far as being named with the great quarterbacks that you mentioned, now Carson Wentz has to worry about trying to beat out Nick Foles. I mean, if, if I'm a Philadelphia fan, how you, you can't go wrong with what you just saw. I mean, Nick Foles was throwing dimes in the playoffs, man. I was mm-hmm. about making some tough throws, man. You know, and coming out, we we never hated on Nick Foles. We just, you know, I wouldn't have never said he's a first-round or second-round talent, but he went where he was supposed to go in the draft, 
he had a great year the year he played and led him to the playoffs the first time and then somehow fell off the wagon with whatever coaches. I'm not sure. But seeing Nick Foles in the playoffs, if I'm if I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan and I'm watching the numbers and I'm seeing a guy throwing 55%, my defense winning half the games, and if there's any plan to get Nick Foles out of town, I'd be worried because the only thing Carson Wentz can do now to match Nick Foles is to win a Super Bowl. So there's a lot of pressure on Wentz. Well, here's the here's the issue that you have now in Philly because you got Carson Wentz that they got hurt. And quiet has kept Carson Wentz is 25 years old. So he got hurt. Fine. Foles gets in, plays great, fine. Wins Super Bowl and Foles is 29. So now, and then Wentz got hurt late in the season. That's the other problem here, too. So he got hurt late in the season. It's a knee injury. And now the Eagles have the luxury of saying, okay, well, we don't have to rush Wentz back, which is true. Because right. we've seen what happened when you rush back from injury. We saw it with Sam Bradford. We saw it with RG3. Yeah, Robert Griffin was terrible. It was terrible. So they have that luxury. Okay, Foles not trash. Foles can hold it down the Ford. Obviously, he won the Super Bowl. We don't have to rush this dude back, the younger guy. We don't have to rush him back. Um, the problem then will become, okay, Wentz will go through the proper procedures of getting healthy, getting fully healthy. And let's say the Eagles start the season at 5-0, and right? Okay. And Wentz is fully healthy. And do you, as a coach, take Nick Foles out and put Wentz's in? Now, here's the other issue. Um, on the surface, yes, you probably would do that. But here's the other part that no one's talking about. A big part of Wentz's game and the reason why they were giving defenses fits is his escapability and athleticism. Right. Will he be the same Wentz as far as will he still get out there and scramble and create plays downfield? Or will they try to coach the Wentz out of him and try to make him Nick Foles, which is not his game? Well, that 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 kind of sounds, sounds like the uh, Carson Palmer effect. Because, you know, Carson Palmer was big on running, was a hell of an athlete, and after you got the one leg injury, kind of became a different player, you know, maybe through coaching or maybe just through mentality and, you know, in the back of his mind, not wanting to get injured again. But uh, you're right about that. It, it's going to be tough to see Wentz have to adjust to his own game, knowing that, you know, how he plays with a – he's a bit of a reckless runner, I mean, which is how he got hurt, you know, diving in like that. But uh, that, you know, it is what it is. It's just it may change his game. And and knowing that you have a healthy Nick Foles, if they're sitting at 5-0 and with a, you know, on top of the division, 4-1, and you know, it doesn't matter, whatever you want to call it. Right. But if they're sitting there on top of the division – and Wentz comes back healthy, is they, they're going to have to put him back. There's going to be too much pressure, you know, too much media pressure, too much pressure from the fans because, you know, obviously the dude had a great story going. Second year, 11-2, leading the league, you know, as far as uh, on the best team. So I just – I don't know. It, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Wentz to perform. Just say that. I mean, knowing that, you know, he literally didn't play a part in the playoffs. You can't say he didn't play a part in them getting to the Super Bowl because, he, you know, he was the main part of the – reason they were winning but he still hadn't won a playoff game you know what i'm saying like that's just the facts he still right. hadn't won a playoff game so he there's still a lot to prove for wins and I'm, I'm gonna say again looking at the numbers seeing somebody passing under 56 percent in six games out of 11 wins that that that's not uh what i would call lighting it up 
Yeah, I mean, and I thought, to be honest, um, one of his best games, I thought, came in that uh, the Cardinals game when they were when they beat the brakes out of Arizona. I was right. like, okay, he, yeah, he was, he was, you know, hitting it deep. He was hitting it short. Uh, he was off play action. He was, I think, matter of fact, that's he averaged what ten yards an attempt. That they literally beat the brakes off Arizona. So it's going to be interesting to see because Nick Foles kind of plays the same game, but without the athleticism, yeah, right? You know, so it's 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 going to put him in a situation where because now let's say he gets in right, and he now got to instead of just going out there and playing this game. He got to keep Nick Foles on the bench. Yeah. You know, so maybe he <laughs> don't want him to go out there and press and try to try to force something that, you know, that's not part of his game. And then he ends up, you know, the, you know, the Philly fans are. Yeah, they, they know, throw snowballs at Santa Claus. So. And, you know, you got Charlie Cheesesteak waiting, you know what I'm saying, waiting to, to, to after after the game, standing right by the entrance on, on Broad Street. Like he waiting for you if you, if so. you mess up. You know? So I mean, no, that's the thing. As a Philly fan, that's what I'm saying. It's just gonna be a tough situation for Wentz. Being this is that as a Philly fan, if Wentz struggles, and you got a dude that you saw lead you to the Super Bowl on the bench, why are you struggling? That's gonna be, you know, writers gonna start writing about it. Fans gonna start talking about it. And as much as they love Wentz, I'm gonna say again, he, you know, he got. I'll say this: he got maybe one playoff loss. And if, right. if, if, if that's the case, they don't owe him anything because he's still on the rookie contract. Uh, did they re-sign him already? No, he, he's on <laughs> rookie contract. Because, like, you know, them, the faces of the franchises get re-signed <laughs> in the middle of their second year. Right. <laughs> when you're a face of the franchise, though, like, you get no, like, you, <laughs> you're right. They spare no bounds. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting to see, though, man, but uh, shout out to Teron for writing that book, um, Soaring with the Eagles, Carson Wentz's story. Um, you Man, you hit the nail on the head about the Carson Palmer thing. People forget how cold he was coming out of USC. And, dog, that Bengals team probably goes to the Super Bowl if he doesn't get hurt. Oh, my goodness. That Bengals team was legit, man. So we'll That was when they had Rudy Johnson, right? And Chad yeah. Johnson. And Chad and Hushmanzada and Chris Henry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but we had, we covered a lot this episode, dude. But we always got to leave the people some some spoken words, some things like that. I will let you kick it off. You're the professional. Uh, you're a wordsmithing genius, no, uh, hip hop no. artist. You know, I W do you music d u e u music dot com. Uh, about time and season two. Go check it out on iTunes. But I'll let you kick off this spoken words. I don't want to call it a freestyle. I mean, you you might come with something off the dome, but I mean, I don't know. Uh yeah, well, I got something. This something I'm I've also this not finished complete. It's complete recorded, just not ready for you know download or whatever. But it's something I got called put in. It says, uh, I ain't never really had much, but I still had fun. Saw a lot of bad stuff. As you get older, a lot of things start to add up. Had a permanent meme mug. Teachers want to know what's the matter. Asking me like what my mama at, what my dad does. What the last I seen him in a tan tuxedo line, sleep six feet in the casket. Any other questions, feel free to go and ask him. Mama working two jobs, laying out bills, paying off taxes. Keep your eyes and your ears open. See a move to be made. Two rules, don't wait and don't ask Worry about consequences on the back end. Plan your work, work your plan is the answer. 
feel a plan, plan to fail on the back end. See the light in these y'all sayings, then you probably do well when you cash in. If not, might see it in the cell going stale on the mattress. You could be in Las Vegas at the Cirque du Soleil with a head full of haze while you gaze at the silly women doing backflips. This is not a dream. This is what's happening. D U E, you tell I see you tell I leave. You simply means you only get what you put back in. See, I only put facts in. If truth was a hardcore drug, then I only put crack in. Excuses for losing are useless. They go to the back fence. Any additions or any subtractions are based upon you and your action. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm putting. That's from this upcoming? Yeah, that's that's something I'm working on for uh this it's like this like two albums away. I got a third one finished and this this like number four. Damn. Hey, you be putting in work like Boy said he got two finished, two in the bucket. You know, <laughs> like geez. well, I'm gonna try to do my best. You know, I, I don't, I don't rap, but uh, <laughs> so you like baby? I'm like baby. I'm, I'm just a game spitter. But you know, I, I think it's proper to close off the show with with this one. We've reached a point where idiocy is America's favorite pastime. And trust me, those are your words, not mine. The proof is in the pudding. The devil's in the details, especially when it's draft or quarterback season. It never fails. But I don't need it to be BHM to show that I ain't them. Our message will remain fluid. The truth will prevail no matter who threw it. We're just the ones that smart enough to use football as a conduit. Trendsetting like Jackie with the Dodgers, unwavering and standing on our own, too, like Timmy Rogers. So that's a wrap for this particular episode of the football freestyle be sure to follow me on twitter at fball game plan follow 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 <laughs> iw uh, on twitter at do you music you don't even tweet dude like you need to get out yeah. there and those, those twitter streets hey, and start hey, tweeting. I, I gotta get in that twitter sphere bro you know how i am bro I, hey i'm i told you i'm head first in them kids man i i, I hey i I gotta find a way. I gotta <laughs> find a way. You gotta find a way to come get some of getting some of these I, I gotta battles. Find a way to pick up that phone and tweet, though. Right. Right. Do you think? All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Leave us leave us a five star rating. So as always, I have to ask, do we leave our classy or do we bounce on out of here? We gonna biggity biggity bounce on out of here. <laughs> biggity bounce slide right on out of here. So we'll holler.